Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 8th of March 2020. And what a roller coaster ride we're being taken on by our wonderful masters. There are so many topics uh, related to the, to the main topic of complete uh, fear and, and terror we're getting today because there, there are many disciplines coming into action that most folk are really unaware of, and you're kept unaware of them generally. But I've lived through quite a few previous heavy outbreaks of flu, for instance, and through the SARS one I had two in 2003 in Toronto. We've had the, the H1N1 and a different one since then too. And it is awfully interesting to tie so many things together because you got to remember, you're trained what you think. And you're literally given, you're led to the answers and conclusions that they want you to have on pretty well every topic. And, and they, they, they are your masters, the ones who give you your thoughts. That's why media has always been heavily controlled in all countries. And it's not my opinion or conspiracy theory. The fact is, even their own authors within their own foundations and, and, th- and through their, their, their big conglomerates of the newspaper press have written books about it themselves, including Carl Quigley, who was a professor, as you well know, who taught uh, many members who became uh, high up in the State Department and the foreign departments or offices for the U.S. And he was the, he was literally the became the, also the historian. He took over from uh, Zimmerman uh, as a kind of a historian for a while for the Council on Foreign Relations, where they have their own history of how things really happen as opposed to the, uh, the histories that you're told and, and the authorized histories. They have their own version of it because they boast about the fact that they lead the world in directions that's supposed to go into according to their own plans. And, and he says this in his own books, for goodness sake. So it's hardly conspiracy theory. But you're given your thoughts. In fact, Quigley himself was pulled in, he said, uh, to different... He said, there are audios out there from talking about this particular part of, it, of his, his life where he worked. He was pulled in as a professor, along with a couple of other ones that were on the list, when anybody came up with conspiracy theories that were too close to truth. And this is, this is what he said himself. And they, they would bring them on to, to debate whoever put the books out or whatever. And uh, he said that eventually he had hit someone he couldn't, he couldn't ridicule, because that's what they'd do, they'd, they'd bring you on and ridicule you, you see. Not the truth of what you're saying, that if you just ridicule the person and smear them, then the audience also switch off and never listen to them again. I think they're crazy, and that's who you're supposed to think. But I think it was Gary Allen who said that he, he was told to debate, and he, he, he was stumped because Gary Allen had done his homework on the big, big world agenda with all the different agencies working behind it on behalf of the, you might say, the, the camp of the pyramid. And he, he said he couldn't, he couldn't beat him. And I think that was a book called None Dare Call It Conspiracy that started to tie things together. One of the many books, actually, but that's what Quigley's job was at one point, was to get pulled in, paid big bucks just to ridicule people with his supposed superior knowledge. And literally, uh, whoever they were meant to ridicule would be a laughing stock, turn them a laughing stock, so they probably would switch off. Because there, there are too many truths out there that you just can't keep stifled forever. A, a, an awfully good example has just been a recent one. And I understand how it's done and why it's done, but you, you literally had the mainstream media, all the authorized ones. They're to me, they're obviously getting subsidized by governments in a big way because they're not bringing money in so much in advertising to, in this day and age. Uh, because media, uh, authorized media, is a very important uh, right hand of government to keep the people in line by telling them what they think, giving them the conclusions on things, uh, and so on. Even how we tell them who to vote for. I've watched that all my life long. But just recently, as I say, with this outbreak that came of the, the COVID-19. The media went into action immediately, immediately across the board to ridicule anybody mentioning it. And, and it was a dangerous thing that was, was on its way and all the rest of it. And really to lambast anybody. And then on a particular day, about two weeks, three weeks afterwards, on cue, the whole media started to repeat the exact same things that the supposed, supposed conspiracy people had been, uh, the ones that labeled as conspiracy theorists, had been saying for a few weeks. 
that's how quick you know the, the, the buttons go on and off because you're not dealing with truth. You're not dealing with, with rationality as such. You're dealing with plans. Rationality can only really come into play if you had a really honest system. Then you could figure things out. Well, what's going on here? Somebody made a mistake or whatever. No, no. When it's planned this way, it's a different plan altogether. And the, oh, there's always a bigger plan on the go altogether. And the folk don't quite catch on to it. You're trained your entire life long. Your entire life you're trained. And there are many parts of your life where there's different parts of an agenda underway. In 2007 and eight. I and many others talked about the coming crash. It was obvious it was coming. And it was obvious if you watched it all and kept your, your, your ears open and read a lot of uh, stuff from the, the business communities and so on. Boring stuff for most folk. And it is, it is boring stuff. I don't like it, like it myself. But the fact is you, you get a lot of information uh, as to what's really happening. And this was expected to happen 2007 and eight. Uh, not just to do with it with the banks, which they did go on steroids at the time and, and started flipping mortgage, mortgages like thousands of them per day into the millions of mortgages getting literally uh, flipped and flipped and flipped and sold off even to other banks until after the big crash happened. Uh, it wasn't for, for a few years before they could start figuring out who actually owned the titles at all for these these mortgages which they were flipping. What a, what a, what a feast frenzy of vampires, honestly. That's what it was. And many became homeless. Uh, they had homeless towns and, and tent cities set up. And, and lots of people lost their homes. But that, that was coming because it was discussed to come. Long, long before that, it was discussed when free trade was pushed and before the factories were all paid to move over to China. Your tax money paid for them through the free trade agreements. Incredible that they kept this fairly quiet from the public. Some people, including myself, talked about it, but the big boys in the mainstream authorized media just kept it quiet. They wouldn't go into anything any details on anything, but we paid for entire factories, thousands and thousands of them, to move over to China and set up. We paid for their setting up. And under the agreements, we paid for them to get reimbursed for any losses which they think they may have incurred on the move in the setup period, and they wouldn't have to pay any taxes for 15 years. That was, what a deal, eh? And, and really cheap, cheap, cheap labor. What a deal. And the countries that sent them over there, you know, the West, your, all your politicians, the way, all these, all these, the, these characters that you vote for, thinking that they stand for you. And I don't know where you get that from. I really don't. But they literally, they, they sent them off there to, to, to set up and all the rest of it, leave you with no work back home for a long time, except for uh, maybe ten part-time jobs on the go. That's what they said. Oh, you have to start juggling jobs. Like it was all quite natural to do so. But yeah, the, the, free, the, the big corporations didn't have to pay any taxes for 15 years setting up. And China didn't have to do anything. They could still charge. And China, as a so-called emerging country, as in India is now too, under the agreements, which was set up, which is drafted up by the CFR in the West and the Royal Ministry for International Affairs. And you don't vote for them, but that's who drafted up all these treaties and told your governments what to sign because their government leaders are all members of the same organization private group eh? and if they didn't make what they said uh, enough profit in the, in the first 15 years uh, they could claim another 50 so for 30 years they didn't have to pay any taxes and then the merging nation could, could put, they were allowed to put taxes on imported goods so they'd buy domestic products but the countries that were paying them and setting them up literally couldn't do the same thing you'd have to you, you have to bring their stuff guaranteed to come in without import duties and things like that just incredible deal for the big big corporations and most folk are unaware of this unaware totally unaware right down to the fact we're still paying parts of china as an emerging nation for to help them subsidize hospitals and things like that canada was was highly responsible for building big uh, electric power plants and so on over there for them too we're awfully kind to the world, aren't we? And we don't even know we're being kind because we're kept in the dark of it all. Just astonishing. 
They were trained constantly. And they knew then, before, before they made all the moves to, to move all these manufacturers. Do you realize how many people worked in factories in, in Canada and the States, as an example, who literally were getting written off, completely written off by your loving governments and nothing to replace it, really. Disgusting. But they knew before they made all the moves, any move, that eventually... Without the taxes, the multiple levels of taxes coming in from manufacturing, from raw materials all the way up to finished products, the government would need more and more money. So they started taxing the people all the more, you see. So your standard of living had to go down. But it would get to a stage in a service economy, because that's all you, you import stuff, you, and middlemen sell it to each other until eventually it gets sold to the stores and so on, and then you buy it. That eventually you'd have a crash. So the 2007 and eight crash was literally foreseen back in the 90s. It was understood to happen. You're living through an incredible agenda and folk don't know it. They really don't know it. They still don't know it, most of them. Because once, and, and this is, I've read some amazing books that ridicule with absolute contempt what the elite think of the, of the ordinary people. The average, even the middle classes, utter contempt. And nothing's changed. So as I said last week, they're kept in a state of fear and, and potential panic by impending doom and gloom. And what's true is that no wonder, even for those who do study it, they're maybe a bit more weary of, and a bit more afraid than, than other folk, because there are so many of them at the top who constantly harp on at university levels, etc., working with big think tanks and governments and bioethicists, like they call themselves now, uh, but there's too many people, and you hear these things over and over again. And we we kind of chew the cud, as they call it. You're, you're chewing the cud, you're in the field, you're, we're chewing the cud there, you know. And you're getting well entertained, a lot of cheap entertainment. And in your entertainment comes your programming as well. And in between the entertainment, you get little wildlife things, and then you get little scientific blurbs on uh, how we should live and the problems of humans living on the... And you're, you're chewing the cud and it's all sinking in, but, but bite by bite, you see. But in times when you're, when you're quite happy, you don't take much, too much notice. It, it just gets embedded somewhere in the back of your brain. That's how it seems to be in the shadow land. And, but you're getting programmed with it all the way. And, and eventually it'll come to the stage where it'll be like an episode in the old Star Trek series where eventually your, time, your, your number comes up on this particular little planet in the series. Your number comes up. It is expendable to keep the population down in a war situation between two planets. And it's all done by computer. It wasn't real weapons getting fired. Uh, you had to just, you, your number came up. You went into this um, evaporation chamber, and that was you. You're, you're gone, you see. That's your fate. And you're trained to take you. Well, if you realized what your fate is today, how it's changed with all the values being turned upside down in this big, long war that you've been in and you don't even know you've been in, and your parents too. Your parents might have suspected more than you do. And grandparents too. Grandparents definitely at one time had, a, had more insight and mistrust of government and authorities in all systems. I don't care if you call it communist or fascist. They're all fascist. They're all fascist. Human nature, it seems, with the power psychopaths, they get into positions and seek out these positions and love to be rich and love to rule other people. They have a craving for it. I don't care what uniform or what title they use, it's all the same. It's, it's part of their human nature. And there's no doubt about it. Uh, that's why they're in bed with, with top corporate, you know, corporations in bed with government, uh, private think tanks that also get massive funding from the big... Uh, corporations themselves. Some of the big think tanks are literally are, are part of these big uh, corporations that advise governments, as they like to call it. We advise governments. Well, do you vote for the people that advise governments? Again, under this Disneyland myth of democracy, you, you, you think that somehow the, the, the politicians are listening to you. Do you really believe that? The Council on Foreign Relations, they used to always bring on their members on television for certain topics. They had specialists in different areas, you see. They call, they call themselves specialists. And they, they, they'd mention what they, were, they told the president or prime minister or whatever it happened to be there. And they, they, they would just say a CFR member 
or Royal Institute for International Affairs member, you see. Now they've got European members, too, for the European Parliament, too. So it's all the same one organization in the Far Eastern Rim, too. They have that, too. So anyway, and their goal was always world government, by the way. Always a world government, which they would shape. And they would, through this, this uh, chess game of different cultures and that, on the way to world government, they would, sh- this is the idea, they would eventually shape in a new system with a new culture, universal culture and all that. And of course, the, their masters would own all the, the, the land and properties and, and Agenda 21 for 21st century, no private property. Huh? It's all the same thing, only, never stops, never stops. And anybody who's anybody in the last 200 years has been a member of these organizations before you even heard the names used of CFR, International Affairs. They always had the groups. And even before Lord Alfred Milner, they had, they had other ones before them too. And underground streamers like to call themselves all little, little things you could mention in, the, in public that public would be ignorant of and would never understand. We are living through this agenda and have all the experts on board today with psychologists and behaviorists and neuroscientists and, and uh, bioethics committees all working together across the internet. Too. I've, I've done the talks on, on the different ones working on the internet to, to steer you in the, along the right way. If you stand back and, and you can keep your nerve, uh, you, you get a great view of everything, how, how the whole world is controlled pretty seamlessly, where no one has any privacy except the ruling elite themselves. And they do have complete privacy. And they have a different system of communication for themselves too that you can't get into. But for the rest of you, you see, we're, we're, all, we're all managed and analyzed and constantly uh, counter and sub-analyzed and until we're, we're little molecules, they break us into molecules and try to figure out what you'll do in a whole bunch of scenarios according to all the data that daily is added to the profile of you, the virtual reality you. You talk about control freaks. Nothing to do with terrorism. Nothing to do with terrorism at all. The saddest thing, when you look at all the wars we've been in and toward, they were the just wars, they were the good wars and all that kind of thing. Unfortunately, when you really get into them, and it, it does take a hundred years, generally, for official secret acts to, to be taken off, sometimes earlier, but in, in real, like World War Two and so on, some are taken off after 50 years, and in 75, the rest are a hundred years, because they don't want the public turning on them. If you could just release, release the truth about what you were fighting and what you were fighting for and who profited from it and what they really intended from it all, as opposed to what they trained you to believe it's all for, you might turn them as soon as you, you, you get back home from fighting abroad or whatever. Massive agendas. And the public are never, unfortunately, told the truth. Well, the same thing goes with this present thing, with the coronavirus and it's going to accomplish a whole bunch of things, obviously. I can remember when 9-11 happened, it was, and you had little sound bites, uh, these sound bites that, that, that come through the haze of the psychic driving of towers going down, towers going down, towers going down, 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 down over and over. And by little clips, you see, this is, this is all worked out uh, by top behaviorists and psych- psychologists and so on working for government uh, agencies. And as I say, in between the psychic driving, you're also getting these bits and pieces. And I remember there were, leader, there were leaders from the CFR at the time who actually said how, that's, that's the first time I heard them using this openly. I'd read it in books and so on, their own books, and for instance, but to, to hear them actually saying this, and as members of the Council on Foreign Relations in the States, saying how can we use this disaster or catastrophe to our advantage for our long, long cherished goals. And it's like a mystic, you're listening to mysticism here because it isn't explained what their long cherished goals are and why would they be using something like this to help achieve it? And it's, and it's these little quips and little things you get, little sound bites that add up to the big picture. You've got to understand this. This is how you'll learn. This is how you really learn. It's not learning by rote and just parrot, parrot, parrot. 
dates, times and generals and battles. You have to learn for yourself by experiencing it. And that's how you really learn. And and I looked into it too, and I, and I even looked up the, the, the CFR guy. I know his name and everything else. And, and in between his other sound bites, you heard immediately, of course, before the dust hit, that, oh, it was, it was Ben Laden that was behind it. You know, they just knew that. It's just astonishing what you can see through the fog of war, or the dust, you might say. And they just could see that immediately. Interesting too, isn't it? Interesting that uh, the man that that um, Trump pardoned, one of these, one of the guys he pardoned, was part of the, the, the police department of that of New York City at the time. And he's a guy. He's the guy who came out with the passport that fluttered down from the sky, the Arabian passport. You know, the, 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 well, there, here you are, and there you go. See, and the only thing that wasn't burned that day was that. And that's a guy who's now been put in charge of other things since then, too. And, of course, there's much more to him, as do, where his allegiance happens to lie, literally lie, perhaps. But it's astonishing to live through this life and watch all. And then you have this, this coronavirus. And you've already got all the loose set. This The same stuff. I mean, I can remember on 9-11, 2001, you had Rumsfeld, and you had all the rest, the, the, the crew, that crew, <laughs> the infamous crew that were dealing with and running the government. And, and they were having, and Cheney and all of them, and they were having an exercise that day, eh? An exercise on, on a, a report or a, of an attack on New, on New York. The exercise is all, all basically supposedly make-believe, eh? And the, the jet planes would intercept anyone flying below a certain height off the beaten track would would always be intercepted, but not that they were. They even called in. They could. They knew the planes were coming, in and were told to stand down. It was an exercise. So we're we're supposed to believe. Huh? You're supposed to believe that after all those years in the Cold War of missiles and. And ready to get fired with buttons pushed. And you're supposed to believe they just this the same massive, massive superstructure just failed that day because someone mixed it up with the exercise and called off interceptor aircraft. Yeah, okay, fine. And then you had the same thing with, with uh, the seven seven in London a few years later. Eh? The same day an exercise was to take place with thousands of folk employed to, to take part in it, where eventually the, the bus was redirected down to a particular street, right, with a bomb on it, where it blew up. just happened to be the same thing in that exercise that day. And it all went awry, supposedly. And as usual, all the security cameras failed and everything, astonishing it. And it was an exercise that day. And then you come up to this November, last November, and you had... Event 201, and that was a, a tabletop exercise. I'd like to call it tabletop exercise. In November 2019, Event 201, held at Johns Hopkins University uh, with the participation of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation members, ILOT members, and to do with pandemics and so on, and professionals and for the U.S. agencies that would be involved if such a thing were ever to break out and then the different doctors and all the rest of it and different sections of society especially, including the military uh, who would deal with problems as they would emerge and unfold and they came out I read that before, they came out with their amazing statements of many folk on their tabletop exercise that could kill, you see and how they, all the different agencies all working together would, would keep it quiet in the beginning and don't tell the public. Oh, just soothe them and keep them, oh, it's just another flu or whatever. Keep them calm. That's the first, just like the movies, eh? The actual movies themselves, or anything big happens in the movie. Oh, don't tell the public the truth. Don't tell. And that's how they really are, you see. But then it's quite easy to them because they never tell you the truth anyway about anything. And folk in authority, the, the real folk in authority who work behind the scenes that you don't vote for generally are the ones that you have to watch, you have to really watch them, because they really know that they've got all this authority and they want to use it, they're itching to use it. It's kind of like the guys who practiced uh, bombing Russia all through the Cold War and vice versa, you see, all different pilots uh, from Russia and the States. 
who spent a good career, their whole life, a lot of them, uh, just practicing dummy runs to bomb the enemy. And they're all quite happy at the end, I'm sure, I'd hope so anyway, that they didn't have to do it in reality. But uh, a lot of these, these control freaks that you get in authorities with fancy little titles, I love little titles and stuff, and they get paid awfully, awfully good money. They're itching to get into action, you see. And they were just like robots. They go along the, the exact same way as they've, been, as they've been trained to do it. And they've trained themselves. These are the guys who make up the procedures often. And so the first thing they do is, like the first casualty of war, or the first casualty of, of dealing with the general public from the government is always to lie, you see. So the truth is the first casualty of war. And they soothe you. They're there. Don't worry about it. And they get professionals who get paid awfully, awfully well anyway. But uh, they get extra cash for coming out and looking at the camera. With as much sincerity as Bill Clinton did when he says, I did not have sex with that woman. And you're supposed to believe them, you see. And you say, oh, well, I won't worry about this disease that's breaking out. And they, they've already got it in the works, you see. that It takes two to three months to get everything set up to deal with the caseload when it really comes down, including all the things that they're going to unfold step by step. But every step they try to lie, they'll lie to you. And every step, it's like that cobra in London. It's the same kind of system in this Johns Hopkins tabletop exercise, as they call it. Right down, mind you, to, and this is what I noticed years ago with bioethicists. Bioethics was a much more recent, really, a term they used for, for a new field of managing the great herd, the human herd, you see, uh, to make it more cost-efficient. Everything's cost-efficiency. And, and even years ago, when H1N1 was on the go and so on, and I can remember doing the talks on the radio at the time, and they even had things in the Daily Mail in Britain, articles with big transport trailer trucks, refrigerated units, all plugged in, one up, maybe six in a row, at a big hospital in England. And they said this is to deal with all the corpses from the H1N1. And it was really a very soothing article. But uh, we see, we've been through that in the past, you see. But this, they didn't overblow it like this one here. But now you've got all these, these different committees set up, as I said, like the, like the Event 201. And it makes you wonder, because in China they're beginning to wonder too if this thing had broken out around November, definitely around December. Again, one of these coincidences where this happens to, to basically be like a, a dress rehearsal for the great the real thing here, Event 201, dress rehearsal. Right down to how they manage the public step by step. And the fir- one of the first things, of course, was managing again the media. Not the general media. They, they mentioned it themselves. They had all the big social networking organizations on board with them. And you know which ones they are, naturally. You're all using them, probably. So they'd already made agreements with them in advance and all that kind of stuff to, to, to censor people, etc. Now, we already had the censoring stuff long before it happening. I think I've been censored for many, many years before you even heard of the, of the shadow banning stuff because they really faked and fudged and still do the numbers of folk who come in to see my stuff, believe you me, and leave me with them with what would appear to be a minuscule amount. All because I wouldn't get on board with the big agenda. If I did go on board with the big agenda and those who rule it, I'd be, they'd be throwing money at me like you wouldn't believe. Honestly, I really mean that. But I wouldn't take the bait and be a prostitute. So uh, that's what happens. I keep telling you folk out there, the big ones out there are all bought and paid for folks. And they're not what you think they are. And they took over what used to be the, the, the real alternate media, step by step, until the followers didn't even notice it was getting taken over. And now they've, they've gone 180 degrees and don't even realize it. They don't know that. Or who even, who even owns these big, big ones. So, so anyway, in this event 201, they go through it step by step by step and, and how, they would, how they would even punish folk. Uh, even little guys that would just mention things that they weren't authorized to talk about. Or it didn't matter how well trained they were in any profession, by the way. Uh, if they weren't authorized, they'd get ridiculed again, just like the, the Carl Quigley thing. And, but they'd also get slapped big time with, with uh, electronic harassment, things like that. And by that, I mean, uh, they can cut off your phone calls, they can cut off your services, They'll stop any inflow of cash coming your way. This, this is what they were discussing, folks. If all you who believe you're going to vote again for the <coughs> maintain the <coughs> free society. And they're doing it all now. 
And as soon as this coronavirus uh, whacked in China, not anybody who mentioned it, anybody with, with an inquiring mind, they went into, well, why did it, what, where did this come from? Because it's got strange similarities to stuff that could be developed in laboratories, etc., etc., etc. Immediately hammered. And then again, as I say, at a certain date, all the media, weeks later, after ridiculing all these conspiracies, they repeated the same stuff. That's how you're managed. It's blatant. The sad thing is most folk will never remember it happening. Or they'll, they'll, as time goes on, they'll forget and they go back to square one again. And you know, It's very sad that. But, but you never had such a great example of total control by the media and by those who control the media and who own them, in fact, for that matter. And by the way, I'm not saying this is fake at all. Far from it. This, is going to, uh, this particular coronavirus is going to accomplish a lot of things, judging from the reaction that was all set to be unfolded step by step by step. And eventually you, you're going to find that, you, that well, it's just too inefficient with all those, our countries being individual sovereign nations and one country doing one thing and another country doing another thing. And it's just not, look at look at the look at the disasters we need and go into the world, and and uh, and create a new system of global control, and start get because that's what nine eleven did. Uh, you, well, we have to give parts of our sovereignty up, not just personally that too, but also the nation state would have to give part of its sovereignty up to to come together and fight terrorism and share its intelligence and share military stuff and share share share. You see. And out of this will come the same kind of thing. Financial problems, a new system perhaps, altogether. But you'll definitely get, uh, we can't go on like this, because look, look at the terrible consequences, and let it be a warning to us, etc. For our next one that happens along, if we can be better prepared for it in a global system, and the whole world goes into action immediately, together, you see. And you're going to hear this all unfold step by step as you go along through all this. Because nothing that's happened to date, to me anyway, has made any sense at all. You, you don't bring in, especially as I say, you know, it's a novel, it's a new novel, right? Novel coronavirus. New. Meaning you don't understand it. And when you get into this area, this field, one of the first commandments is that you don't take chances with it. It's new. It's got definitely new characteristics. And they know what some of them are for sure. But you don't know how it's going to behave. That's the first thing you take. And you've got to protect the people. Well, you don't allow cruise ships to still take off, to travel all, all over the place and come back with people who are infected. You don't do that. You don't let flights come in and out for, for weeks and weeks, actually, from... Countries that are infected with it. it doesn't matter even if it's in that area or not in that area But if the country itself has infections in it, you, you just don't take that chance If you had something that's a killer that, that, That's how it used to be you see But you see now you're in a, in a new system where we had, we, had, we had shades of what's happening in the West now Before breaking out in China and in Korea South Korea, where they said, well, you know, we, can't, we won't be able to stop it anyway, so we have to accept it. Well, that was always, it seems to be, the new system. Was don't panic the people and don't tell them you're all going to get it until it's sunk into them that maybe they're all going to get it and it's inevitable. Inevitable because they've allowed it all to happen by not really doing real quarantine. Right down to the farce of, well, you know, a week will do fine or eight days. And then they tell you, some folk don't develop symptoms for 24 days. Never believe that those at the top are just utterly incompetent. Don't believe that. That's how they love to write their little agendas down in their history books. They're just folk made mistakes and but you know, really. It doesn't happen like that. And out of all of this will come a, a, a world above, above even the World Health Organization. But you'll get you, and even they were clapping away at the beginning too, because they thought uh, this would get, get more control over world governance in a sense. Now, when things don't make sense, there's always an agenda. The people are not stupid, and you have people who are trained in different professions. 
who can use their own logic. There's, there's also a lot of folk in professions, honestly, that, that are not equipped for using <laughs> the grey matter in their brains. Honestly, it's true. That's true as well. And especially those who get up the ladder in areas of governing over governing the people in some capacity. It's more so in that, that uh, you know. And when you look at uh, the, the Spanish flu, and the BBC did a good documentary on the, the Spanish flu, again, <laughs> not too long ago, just to get us in the mood, I suppose. At the time, the Spanish flu was on the go, and it broke out amongst the troops mainly, who were still in Europe at the time in 1918. You wouldn't believe that the political decisions of those in authority back in Britain, as an example, they knew they were sending troops over, still over, you see, to do more fight, because they were always running out of troops. And the war was still going on. And at the top, they decided it was more important to get to keep the war going, even though it would, make, it would kill millions of people, and maybe even millions at home, in fact, for that matter. So they, did, they played it down, played it down to and played it down. I mean, the, the folk took care of the havoc themselves, including the burying the dead and everyone else. Just, that's what folk do, you know. And yet a weakened population with rationing even there in World War I, they were not... You didn't see obese people back in those days, folks, because the ordinary folk didn't have great diets at all. So here they're also in rationing during a war, a world war, and terrible living conditions. A lot of them couldn't even afford heat in the winter. It's still, some of them still can't today, by the way. And now it's acceptable by the bioethicists that, well, that's acceptable. A certain amount die every year. You know, so many thousands of pensioners in their own homes. Anyway, getting back to World War One, it was decided at the top. To even even when they knew a ship that they were sending over to Europe was infected by people who'd come back from from Europe, so he's another troop ship going over to to Europe from Britain, and with new people who recently reinfected in the British side from returning troops, uh, they, they could have cancelled that ship and had it returned, but nope. And so you had this ping pong effect of of folk reinfecting other peoples back and forth, back and forth. And they said at the top, it was it was a tough decision to make, but uh, the war had to be won regardless, regardless of the consequences of folk at home dying off. Do you really think anything's really changed? It doesn't give you an insight into people who see you literally, not just as cannon fodder, but little tiny molecules, little peons, uh, that they have uh, on their big, big chessboard. That's what we are. We're, we're, little, we're little characters in his chessboard that they play with. Just like the, the old depictions of Zeus and Hera in the old, old mythologies, and even in the old movies too. You see them playing there with a the big chessboard, and that's what they do. But even in those movies, with gods like Hera and Zeus, they still had a bit of an affection for certain characters who were human. The ones who rule us, I, I begin to wonder if they're very affectionate for us at all. Really, you know. Because even looking at 201, and you listen to these characters all want you to be noticed for the resumes of by the, what they're telling them we, we should do and so on with their ideas and putting it forward. Nothing would, if it came to a World War One situation again, the same things would happen, and the same decisions would get made. Well, the economy has got to keep going regardless, you know. So keep the people working, and and you do have folk going into work now who are spreading the darn stuff. I've always thought that nuts in the Western societies, where you're kept so poor, so so many of the folk they're terrified of losing their jobs. They turn up anyway, and spread it around. Isn't it mad? Huh? The economy must go on. And you see, here's the thing, they've already decided, and they're not telling you. Before it all happened, way back even in Event 201, in the more private version, which they won't publish for the public, they've already worked out in a real situation, rather than let uh, the so-called system be overwhelmed, and even chance to take the system down by being overwhelmed with a terrible disease that they would give the propaganda to the public to keep them in la-la land till the very end, literally. And if you've noticed, all you're getting in the stories now is with the testing kits. Do you understand how they've diverted folk off from, wait a minute here, you're supposed to be stopping this right from getting into the country and then containing it, but even st- planes are still coming and going from all different places, folks. 
Boats are still coming in and out, you know. Come on here. It's already been decided that it's got more functions, this disease, than, than just breaking out spontaneous, supposedly, by itself with four new inserts in it. It's already been decided, you see. And you, you're hearing the quotes now as it diverts you from, as I say, from the fact that she'd been stopping it with some gusto, huh? and it didn't. In Canada, even, the Prime Minister was getting uh, havoc at times for, for making ridiculous comments that uh, that even stopping people coming in from certain countries where it's infected, which is one of the, the rules and laws of keeping the population safe, right? That, that it might be racist if you stop them coming in. That's, that's got nothing to do with race. You're going to save a healthy population, I don't care what it's comprised of. The fact is you you do it properly. But they all know this. But then you see, this all ties in with guys who, who've been... Chomping it a bit for, for years now, giving talks on national television stations, built up like stars as scientists who come out and say, there's too many people. There's just too many people. The wrong kind of people, you understand. And it's unsustainable. This is what really is what's behind the climate movement, folks, and sustainability. It's the same group at the very, very top of ultra and They'll use all the little trained robots down below to do their dirty work, but the fact is... Uh, this is a, this is an old agenda, going back to e- even before Malthus, Thomas Malthus, but it's 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 uh, still on the go, and through the Darwinian era too. Darwin was quite outspoken about it, and so was all all, all those around with him, including those in the Royal Society in, in London. They were all eugenicists, proper breeding and bad breeding, and the proper genes and the wrong genes and. And here you are, and now you get down to bioethics, right? Bioethicists, again, that fairly new, and they started making stars of them and present them on TV back in the 90s. And what's a bioethicist? Well, they decide, you see, the practical things to do, and then they give you situations in school, and they they bring up the youngsters, a nice atheistic system, who who believe in Darwinism too. They all came from, from apes and stuff, and... And uh, some molecule at one time says, I think it'll develop into an eyeball, and it did it all by itself. But anyway, this is the kind of stuff that they come out with. And children get brought with this too. And the children are brought up in a completely new way of looking at life altogether, right down to, well, you see, abortion's important. And, and then let's go to the other end. Well, older folk are just using resources on this planet, and we're, we're all getting bumped off at one end or the other, huh? literally. And then, of course, they bring in euthanasia laws, which we have really going well here. Till they even have articles saying that there's a glut now of organs from all the folk that are getting euthanized. But how practical this is, isn't it, to do it this way for, for the good of the world and the planet and for your bosses who own it all. And to convince the public it's a good thing. Huh? Bioethicists who've got qualifications in bioethics. You as a, a, a little peon human down there, you know, a little nothing. You should really keep out of it. Leave the field to them, the professionals, who'll, who, who are awfully good at convincing you to believe and just give up, right? Just let yourself go. Let us deal with you. Do you really want to, to, the, the country to spend X amount of bucks on you? Hmm? To keep you alive for a few, another 10, 15 years? I mean, your government could use that cash that you paid in, in the first place. Hmm? I remember one in Australia saying the same thing. Well, you know, maybe folks should start thinking about euthanasia by the time they hit 65 rather than collect their pensions and leave the jobs to younger people. Oh, really? Well, I would say, and please lead by example, make some room. doesn't seem to happen that way. We're being led and guided by literally almost demons of the mind, you might say. That's their job, to convince you to do the right thing, the right thing. Obama mentioned it too about his, his grandmother. You know, she, she could have, rather than spending so much money to keep her alive, you know, she could have, all these socialists are the same folks. They're saying all the PC stuff because they know, they've got bosses above them. And they know if they see all these things, they'll stay in the same position a bit longer and be multi-millionaires, maybe even billionaires by the time they're finished uh, as public employees. Eh? 
So anyway, the time's already flashing by, but what I'm saying here is you're living through it. You're living through something that's awfully, awfully important to notice what's going on and start putting things together. Put it all together. Because out of this, regardless of the final death toll of it, you're going to find that, that much has changed. A new system planned long before you even heard that the coronavirus was, was coming out at all. Many things will be accomplished. Just like I said, when 9-11 happened, I might even mean Gary Hart that said it. I think it was Gary Hart, CFR 9-11. Uh, how can we use this disaster to our advantage you know, for our long, <laughs> long cherished goal for their agenda? What an odd thing you say, you'd think, eh? Not if you're in the club. And he's talking to members of the club then, of course, and they got into the newspapers. You're always living through agendas, and you're kept to be little, simple children. And that's how you've been treated today. Now, they're, they're going along with the agenda exactly as, as they're supposed to actually unfold it step by step, poo-pooing it initially, and then admitting all the same things and using the same scary tactics to terrify you, because eventually down the road they want compliance. And, and so by scaring you enough now, by promoting things, even overboard from the so-called conspiracy theorists, uh, they've even put on steroids from there, uh, to really make sure you, you get scared, to, so you obey. Because they want to bring in rationing, and have a big, big exercise on maybe even martial law tactics, you see. I'll just mention this, these articles. I'll try to cram them in tonight, because I, I haven't got around them for the last while. It says, first locally transmitted COVID-19 cases in Australia as Attorney General warns drastic legal powers could be used, it says here. Not a bad article, actually. New South Wales government, which is a 53-year-old Sydney health worker and so on, not recently travelled abroad, had been diagnosed. And it goes on to different cases that found in parts of Australia. Uh, it's much higher than that now, because things are starting to double, then triple. And it'll get more and more as, as we go up to the top spike, as they call it, around Easter time, as so they think. And, of course, all the banks are in the action, too. The banks, literally, that, that ripped us off and plundered us all. And, and then they gave their bosses uh, millions of dollars bonus, as usual, by the end of the year after they got bailed out with their tax money. Uh, it's, it's really astonishing what we're living through. But they, they're all on board with it, too. Because economies, we all know, we, we, our dollars are, and our currencies are worth less and less and less. You need much more of it to buy the same basic things. That's all part of Agenda 21, too, and to austerity for those who haven't figured that out. And then you have this article, Australians detainable under coronavirus biosecurity laws, Attorney General says. Now we've got the same thing in Canada. The British Commonwealth countries all work together on the same agendas by the same rules. So the biosecurity laws are being strengthened and will be new and foreign to Australians with the first human transmission of coronavirus recorded in Australia. Christian Porter, that's Attorney General, told Parliament that the laws, which were active from the official listing of the coronavirus in 24 January, will be strange and foreign for Australians who could experience the legal implication for the first time. Challenging times going forward. I hate these, 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 these going forward. It's like proactive, you know what I'm saying? Ugh, but anyway, and these will be some of the first times these important powers may be used, Mr. Porter said. There's also a little clip, I think, there in a, of his radio interview. I think he may have been on a TV interview as well. But he, he leaves it out there, and you can see it in his attitude. He's, he's talking almost like a military guy uh, who is well aware of the powers that he's got, and he will implement them. That's, that's what they always do, the same kind of thing. Just like the threads, that movie I talked about, there's a documentary that went alongside it. We'd actually talk to the actual top uh, policeman for <laughs> the whole of England at the time, who talked exactly the same way. And they will. They'll do what they're told. With, they'll obey their orders and with utmost uh, whatever is necessary. Also, you find that New York declares state of emergency over coronavirus outbreak. They've got quite a job right now trying to contain anything right now. But again, all the big cities are in the same boat. You'd you be surprised that the, every university town or city <laughs> uh, in, in North America has definitely got around it uh, infected people from all over the world as well. But we are literally international, aren't we? For, have been for a long time. 
So this, this article in, in New York, again, has definitely uh, been whacked with quite a few workers. And it says here, 11 of the cases in New York City, 17 in Westchester County, also uh, signals of an ongoing spreading pair of cases in both Saratoga County and Rockland County, as well as four in Nassau County, according to the governor. That's quite interesting to, to see that whole story and how it spread from even one person that uh, we'll mention later too. And then Congress warned of, listen to this one, it's quite interesting, possible coronavirus exposure that may have occurred at the APAC conference. Why would you even have that when this thing was already happening, this, this, this plague? Why would you bring in people from other countries into the same massive hall where you're, you're told to avoid Big crowds and everything, especially in confined spaces, all breathing the same air, right? Eh? What's wrong with people? I mean, we're, we're, we're warned about this in January and all through February, but they have this, you know. So anyway, Congress warned of possible exposure at the APAC conference. And it says that uh, the memo, according to the email, describes a potential exposure based on a contact from meeting attendees who were in contact with another individual that tested positive in New York prior to the travel to D.C. It said there's no particular action necessary this time for congressional members who attended the meeting in Washington, D.C. And the D.C. Health Department considers this a low-risk exposure. It says it's not low-risk at all. It's, it's high-risk, actually. The officer of attending physician notified some congressional staff on Wednesday in an email of possible exposure. It could not be immediately determined how many received the email and the breadth of its distribution. It's quite something. It says Kumo early, earlier Wednesday confirmed that a family of four and their neighbours had tested positive for coronavirus, bringing the number of cases in the state to at least six, it says. And I think one of the, the guy himself, who was maybe a super spreader, had gone to bar mitzvahs and different things, uh, met lots of people in all that time before apparently he came down with it. So it's, uh, it's, high, it's high exposure indeed. And he attended that APEC meeting as well. According to APEC's website, more than two-thirds of Congress and also apparently the Senate, as far as I know, attended the annual policy event which occurred earlier this month. This is CNBC. Those scheduled to speak at the event this year included, it mentions some of them there. I think it was his name, Pence was there as well. But Chuck Schumer and Pompeo and many others too, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee. And they had 4,500 students, I think, from Israel too, uh, that were sent over to the meeting as well. And the big, big, massive conference. And... When they went back to Israel, Israel did the right thing and put them in, 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 I don't know, self-quarantine, but at least quarantine. But think about all the people in the government. (laughs) I get what they're going to do with them, eh, in the U.S. government. I don't know. And it wasn't just the U.S. government. And here's an article here from a Canadian media, CTV. And it says, Stephen Harper, that's the, the last prime minister before Trudeau, uh, and Mike Pence attend conference where two tests positive for the COVID-19. So, uh, see, anybody who's up there, pretty well, <laughs> they're all over the place, eh? But you haven't heard from him for a long while, actually. He's hype in the business world now, I guess. But but there he is. He says at least two people have tested positive after attending the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, where the former Canadian Prime Minister Harper and U.S. Vice President Mike Pence were in attendance. And it is going to mention the quarantine of other ones going back to Israel. But as far as we know, I don't think anybody so far uh, in the American side have have literally been quarantined. We don't know yet. But I think really there must be a bunch of folk got it. There must have been. Mind you, you're still seeing, I've got to admit this too, heads of state in that. Uh, again, you don't risk heads of state when there's a, a kind of terrible infection going around, something you see, you don't understand, unless the heads of state, as far as I'm concerned, have some kind of immunity to it. Honestly, was, was like, when Trump went over to India, and, and you saw him in a, I think an arena, there was thousands of people around, and and with his, his wife too was there, I think. And, well, what are they on? Antivirals? What is it? You would not risk them. You honestly wouldn't risk them. I'll mention, too, this other article here. 
the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. He's another part of the agenda, of course, of finances and so on. So the IMF head announces $50 billion aid program for COVID-19 relief, right? And guess what, though? It is for emerging nations. As your economy's fallen flat already, this is going to be put on the tab of, of uh, the West, obviously. $40 billion is for countries that are of middle income. Well, what does that mean these days? And they can approach us and receive the funding immediately. More important is the $10 billion that are accessible for low-income countries. Have you seen the tent cities in the States? Have you seen them living in the streets? Do you understand? We're at a stage brought down with a long, 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 including the drug war. I'm talking about the real drugs, where they end up on the streets and so on, right? Highly, highly addictive. And every government agency uh, is involved in the drug trade. All the big agencies, the so-called secret agencies. Of course they have been living in these black budgets for a long, long time. But the countries have been brought down domestically. And you can see how there's no way we're going to continue this way. So they need, they need to go into the next phase of the new system. That's my impression of it. I mentioned last week, too, about uh, Mark Lipsitch, who's the Harvard... T.H. Chan School of Public Health, he's a professor, and this is his speciality. He talked about a global pandemic with up to 70% of people infected worldwide, right? And he said 40 to 70% of people worldwide are likely to be infected in the coming year, literally this year. That's going to take them, and who knows about the following year, right? But also I mentioned this other article where he talked about, because that's his profession, is bio, biochemistry and so on, and emerging viruses and all the rest of it. And one of his lectures was, was titled, to his students, should we be making potential pandemic pathogens in the lab? I'll repeat that for the harder thinking. Should we be making potential pandemic pathogens in the lab? This is about 2015 or 16. And I'll put up the link to it again, where you hear him talking about it. Because, you see, that's what they do in these labs, folks. They make new ones under the pretense of, well, you see, well, see now you see you've got all these bans on biowarfare. And, uh, well, you, we're doing it for health instead. You see, we're making new ones in case they ever develop by themselves in nature. And then we, we might have a way to, to handle it. You understand? So that's how they go around biowarfare treaties. It's for health reasons. But also, I'd like to mention too, that from China, you find that the coronavirus not only attacks the lungs, it causes real severe damage to the lung tissue, but it also attacks the testes in males. Isn't that quite a weapon in itself that nature has, we're told, is drummed up by itself? It's mainly men, and and it also starts to attack the, the testes and can cause infertility, they think. These are studies from China, and they've had plenty of experience in studying this one, believe you me. So I'll put that up. Remember, too, what I mentioned before I get off tonight, too, that you can send money to me, hopefully, to keep me ticking along, as, uh, because I, always, I generally forget to mention it. And you can donate to me, buy a check, or send, even send cash. And there's other ways, too, like PayPal, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find on the website how to, to do it, how to send cash or whatever. And you'll see your links here as well. And uh, hopefully, that'll, and you can buy books and discs if you want. And I have lots of good talks on discs going back over many, many years and many events, including previous flus and things like that too. As I say, that helped me take along because I, I always generally forget to even mention money. I'm not, I'm not selling anything like T-shirts or all kinds of uh, medications or whatever it happens to be. Uh, I depend on the people themselves to just keep me going. I don't like to get bought off by anybody either. So anyway, getting back to the, the articles here. But please do that, because I really need the cash too. I really do. Folk take it for granted. You're, you're somehow awfully rich, and you're never accustomed generally to even send you a few bucks for most folk. But the ones who do, I certainly do appreciate it. And they've, they've helped a lot of people by doing so and, and helped me take along too. And I just take along. I don't live in any kind of luxury whatsoever, believe you me. I'm very, <laughs> it's very frugal. And, uh, I'm probably in, in the poverty line, actually. So anyway, here we go. If Canada post workers in Peterborough, Ontario, refuse to enter building amid coronavirus concerns, and they won't tell you if someone or other folk have got it, their employees have got 
the virus there. Carapos says there's no health risk, it says. So what won't you see this everything's so hushed they won't tell you why is it all happening. Is it just because they're handling mail and it's we we know that it can be passed on supposedly on surfaces for a certain amount of time, you know? Everything is so vague, isn't it? Right down to the incubation period. Well, it could be two days to eight days, and then they let them go after eight days quarantine, and then you find out that this folk <laughs> get it 20 days on or 24. And then they'll tell you the same thing. Oh, maybe a few a few hours on a surface to, to so many days, you see. Yeah. Quite something. So I'll put that up too. And then you have people getting reinfected, supposedly, in China. Now, here's another thing with the bioethics is that they've already trained everyone just to let the old folk just die off before the virus, by the way. <laughs> well, you know, they've lived a good life. And they can, they can persuade you to do anything. But the bioethics committees and so on have to, and really going full tilt ahead with, with the different um, behavior insights teams all over the map working to get to convince you to do the right thing. And if you've noticed, have you noticed that everybody, everything's about testing kits and how they've literally changed the direction of thought, not rational thought, from, wait a minute, why don't you try to stop? They've still got folk coming in from countries that are highly, infected, highly infectious and so on. But no, no, let's just concentrate on like testing. Testing kits are not going to cure you. huh? Testing kits are not treatments, folks. They've diverted you off from, wait a minute here, are they going to give you antivirals? Or what's, what's the schedule here to enroll, to keep folk alive and get them through this? And then they'll tell you, well, and here's the, if you notice, well, you know, most folk who will die will be people over 60, you know, and people with, with underlying ailments. So, okay, so once again, you've stigmatized the people. Huh? People over 60. So it's like, oh, they're not really human anymore. Is that what you're saying here? They're just old, eh? They're, they're, they're discard, discard them, right? This, I'm not kidding you. This is very, very obvious from the different articles coming out, little documentaries, specials, little clips I've been watching from the top. They're all on board with the same prattle, just like weapons of mass destruction. Well, the folk will be old and stuff and are underlying problems. And so, so in other words, they're expendable. Is that what you're saying here? Huh? Is that what you're telling us? Because all I hear now is testing kits. That's for your own bookkeeping. You can diagnose this even without the kits because it's pretty unique with its symptoms. Very, very obvious, actually. But this is, this is the, the, very, the, the folk from asking the, the, the obvious. Wait a minute, how, what are you going to give to try to prevent this and get us through this? Huh? So is, is this the, the eugenics plan? Let the old die off first and so on? The young don't get it this bad because their immune systems are not developed, folks. That's the reason that's not happening to them. Did you know that? This thing literally triggers the immune system in your body. It's such a, a like to be into absolute panic mode. It throws everything at it. And it's the sudden rush of all the different antibodies that going into the lungs, etc., that kills you, not the actual disease. That's real weaponization, I would say. That's what it does. That's what happened with the Spanish flu too. The lungs themselves were about four times heavier than they should be with the mass of blood in them. So are they going to give the people? You know, are they going to just, well, what's well, again, bioethics, well, will there be enough of the treatments for everybody? And if so, who should we give it to and prioritize the younger people in their 20s and 30s, 40s and so on? And just let the older folk, what are you going to do? Huh? Or you're just going to put into the beds with the folk that are over 60 testing kits to make them feel like, like, like little dolls you take to bed with you. Oh, I feel better now. I've got a testing kit here. How about giving them some treatment here and telling the public you're doing it and showing that you're doing it? That's obvious. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't happens. This isn't some kind of mistake they've just admitted here. This is how they're all on board together managing your minds and your behavior. Not kidding, folks. Not kidding at all. Anyway, I've already run through so much here. Time just flies in, doesn't it? And it's maybe just me, as it says, you get older, it flies in all the faster, but with me it certainly is flying in. But I'll put that up, and I'll put up too, uh, last, last week too, about uh, should we be making potential pandemic pathogens in the lab awfully important, because this is a standard lecture 
that uh, uh, people who, who are into uh, microbiology and so on, for <laughs> all kinds of purposes, folks, this is what they do in the laboratories. It truly is. It's just a disgusting, scary world we're in. And I think we're closer to 12 Monkeys, the movie called 12 Monkeys. That's more of the scenario we're in today, where the person who lets it loose on the planet is someone working in one of the laboratories that's in the movie. It's well worth watching for a bit of humor at the same time, albeit dark humor, but it's humor nonetheless. And it shows you... uh, in a kind of sci-fi way, uh, a, a really entertaining aftermath of a, a viral attack, a planned viral attack. Awfully good indeed. But regardless, as I say, the big agendas are on board. They're all looking forward to working through this and, and achieving so many goals. And I hope you all make it too, because you better start looking after yourselves, folks. And I really mean that. Little groups of you can certainly vow to each other, if necessary, to stand up and help each other through thick and thin, that might come along. We don't know yet uh, how bad they'll push this, but exercise-wise, they're definitely going to push it the whole way to test everything, and even maybe even getting us used to the idea of another one coming along. Who knows? Who knows? We're not in, and the big think tanks at the top, who are definitely, definitely sworn to secrecy on these particular kind of matters. From myself, Alan Watchman, Tira Canada, where it's still got lots of snow outside, regardless of global warming. It's good night. I mean, your God or your God's. And especially your lives, make you keep keep a hold of them. It's rather precious. But may your God's go with you. 